This is episode one of Hidden Hosea. Hosea was an Old Testament prophet known by many as the prophet of love. I'm Josh Snow, and I want to share what I've learned from Hosea. After Megan had tearfully confessed her affair to me, I sat in stunned silence for what seemed like forever. This couldn't be happening to me. This couldn't be happening to us. Affairs happen to other people, to other marriages, but not to us. Weren't Christians supposed to be inoculated from this? But the nightmare was all too real for me. That was over 20 years ago. Since then, I've read the book of Hosea dozens of times, and the more I read it, the more amazed I am at God's love. Three things I learned from Hosea are first, God is not indifferent to infidelity. The book of Hosea is about a man who marries a woman who is unfaithful to him. So the very existence of the book of Hosea is proof that God cares about marriages devastated by infidelity. Second, the book of Hosea is about the story of two marriages. The marriage of the prophet Hosea to his wife Gomer, and the marriage of God to his people. Thirdly, I learned that God not only wants to restore the betrayed marriage partner, God wants to restore the unfaithful partner. So first, from reading Hosea, we discover that God is not indifferent to infidelity. I have to confess that until I found out about Megan's affair, I had not even read the book of Hosea. I had been an atheist for the first 20 years of my life, and I come from a biblically ignorant background. Neither of my parents was particularly religious. Christian friends would sometimes invite us to church, but besides Christmas and Easter, I really did not have much exposure to Christianity. Our family did not even have a Bible in the house. After I became a Christian, most of my time and energy, as far as reading the Bible was concerned, focused on the New Testament. The Old Testament is filled with a lot of things I have problems with, but the New Testament is a very different kind of reading experience. Jesus and the writers of the New Testament constantly referred to and quoted the Old Testament. They held the Old Testament in the highest regard. Jesus even said, Until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. I now realize that just because the Bible describes many horrific events, it does not mean that the Bible condones those events. For example, when David had an affair with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband Uriah, the Bible is not telling us it endorses adultery and murder. In fact, the prophet Nathan condemns David's sins, and the Sixth and Seventh Commandments explicitly prohibit adultery and murder. So in learning what Hosea had to teach me, I had to learn how to read biblical narrative in the Old Testament so that I could understand how the whole Bible, both Old and New Testament, applied to life. Before Megan's affair, I vaguely knew that Hosea was a prophet who had married a prostitute. But the whole story seems so bizarre and so far removed from everyday life 
that I filed the book away in the back of my mind in my bucket list of what to read at a later date. In the aftermath of Megan's affair, Hosea and its relevance quite abruptly had the highest priority in my life. Hosea showed me that God is not indifferent to infidelity. In fact, Hosea's life and prophecy are a miracle to me. Hosea is utterly unique in the Bible. There's nothing else like it in religious literature. While the Song of Songs romanticizes the love between husband and wife, Hosea is the only book in the Bible which directly addresses marriage and infidelity. The book of Job discusses suffering through Job's trials and tribulations, but his wife was not unfaithful to him. The psalmist expresses enormous emotion in the face of trials, and the New Testament epistles discuss a lot about how Christians are to handle suffering. But only Hosea talks explicitly about infidelity in marriage. Hosea does not shy away from the suffering he experienced from Gomer's many affairs. He plunges in, and his prophecy is a heart-wrenching roller coaster of emotions. Hosea proved to me that God cares about the betrayed spouse, and for that, I am so thankful. A second lesson I learned is that the book of Hosea is about two marriages. There is the marriage between Hosea and his wife Gomer, and then there is the marriage between God and his people. The book of Hosea consists of 14 chapters. The first three chapters are autobiographical and talk about Hosea's marriage to Gomer. The remaining chapters describe God's fractured marriage with his people, the nation of Israel. Now, Hosea was a man who lived in the 8th century BC, which is about 2,700 years ago. He lived in the northern kingdom of Israel, and God had called him to be a prophet. In ancient Israel, there were three important roles. Prophet, priest, and king. The kings ruled the nation. The priests made sacrifices on behalf of the people to God, and the prophets were inspired by God to speak and write to the people. Before I became a Christian, I thought a prophet was someone like Nostradamus or the ancient Greek prophetess Cassandra, someone who predicted only gloom and doom for the future. But as I've studied the Bible, I've learned that true prophets were people who walked closely with God. Amongst all people, they stood closest to God's heart. They stood closest to God's holiness. Enoch is the first prophet in the Bible, and the book of Genesis tells us that Enoch walked with God. The book of Jude tells us that Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam. Now, the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. After the Torah come the Nevi'im. Nevi'im is the Hebrew word for prophets. The book of Hosea is found in the Nevi'im. When the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in the 1940s, some parchments from the book of Hosea were amongst the ancient texts which were found in the Qumran caves near the Dead Sea. Now the word prophet means spokesman, and God commanded his prophets to speak to his people on his behalf. When God spoke to Hosea, he told Hosea, Go, take to yourself an adulterous wife 
and children of unfaithfulness. That's Hosea chapter 1, verse 2. So Hosea went and married a woman named Gomer, and during their marriage, Gomer gave birth to three children. As God predicted, Gomer was repeatedly unfaithful to Hosea. She eventually abandoned the prophet and their three children to be with other lovers. Now the second marriage in the book of Hosea is the marriage between God and his people. The Bible uses many images to give us a multifaceted picture of how God relates to man. Theologian J.I. Packer notes that the four main images in the Bible used to give a picture of man's relationship to God are the manner of a son knowing his father, a wife knowing her husband, a subject knowing his king, and a sheep knowing its shepherd. Of these metaphors, marriage most closely hints at God's relationship to man. God's relationship to man is often called a covenant relationship. Nowadays, we sign contracts to formalize them. But in ancient times, contracts were formalized with blood. A covenant can be thought of as a kind of love contract. A covenant is a mutually committed relationship between two parties. It's so intensely personal and intimate and binding that if one of the parties fails to fulfill the obligations of the covenant, the penalty is death, and the debt is paid in blood. So Hosea and his fellow prophets saw God's relationship to his people as a covenant relationship. They saw God's relationship to man as a marriage. Isaiah wrote, For your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. Jeremiah and Ezekiel also refer to God as the husband to the nation of Israel. Rabbi Joshua Abraham Heschel wrote a book on the Hebrew prophets, and he writes, quote, It was utterly unique to see God's relationship to man as a marriage. To Hosea, marriage is the image for the relationship between God and Israel. This is one of the boldest conceptions of religious thinking. Israel is the consort of God, unquote. Now, as a quick aside, the word testament actually means covenant. The Christian Bible is divided into the Old Testament and the New Testament. Christians believe that the Old Testament records God's relationship with Israel under the Old Covenant, while the New Testament proclaims the New Covenant between Jesus and His Bride, the Church. So the two marriages in the book of Hosea are the marriage between Hosea and Gomer and the marriage between God and his people. A third lesson I learned from Hosea is that God not only sympathizes with the broken-hearted, betrayed spouse, God wants to restore the unfaithful partner. In Hosea chapter 3, we read, The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man, and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for fifteen shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethek of barley. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. That's Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. 
Pastor James Boyce has called the third chapter of Hosea the greatest chapter in the Bible. In order for me to understand why Pastor Boyce thought that, I had to see two things. One, I had to understand that from God's perspective, I am an unfaithful person. I am an adulterer. To God, I am a gomer. Since I was not the unfaithful partner in my marriage, since I had not had the affair, I mostly identify with Hosea, the betrayed spouse. But from God's point of view, I always make something else more important to me than God. I am spiritually untrue to Him. I am spiritually unfaithful. Readers throughout the millennia have been shocked that God would command His prophet to marry a prostitute. But it may surprise you that I don't believe God's mandate was such a shock to Hosea. From God's perspective, the prophet himself was an unfaithful man with an unfaithful heart living amongst unfaithful people. Hosea's fellow prophets also expressed this sentiment. Jeremiah lamented, From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. When Isaiah entered God's temple in Jerusalem, he was so awed by God's holiness and so dismayed at his own wickedness that the prophet fell face down on his knees and cried, Woe to me! I am ruined! For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. In the New Testament, St. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Only God is completely faithful. Only God is true to his word. From God's point of view, all people are unfaithful to him. Therefore, I am spiritually unfaithful. I am a spiritual adulterer. I am a gomer. Second, I had to learn that God is the true lover of our souls. In his sermon, The True Bridegroom, Pastor Tim Keller notes that the message of Hosea is not that love conquers all. The message of Hosea is that God conquers all. In this day and age, we are all longing for a love that completes us. But the bottomless pits in our hearts is so deep, so empty, that the only thing that can truly fulfill us is God himself. Pascal noted that at our core, there is an infinite abyss which can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. More succinctly, Pascal is saying we each have a God-sized, God-shaped hole in our souls, which only God can fill. St. Augustine noted that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Now Hosea's name means God saves. So Hosea's message, that God conquers all, is announced in his name. As it turns out, the name Jesus means God saves. So Hosea is a forerunner of Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus Christ that we find the love we've been looking for all our lives. Jesus is our true bridegroom. Jesus is the true lover of our souls. And when we see the broken-hearted husband Hosea going to purchase his wife 
from the slave market with all his life's possessions. We see a hint of Jesus walking the Via Dolorosa and going to the cross to pay for our unfaithfulness with his life. Mm-hmm.